This podcast is sponsored by Armored. Have you ever wondered if you were strong enough to make it through a difficult situation? Don F. Landry was an award-winning and respected business professional who was suddenly propelled into the role of care coach for her husband, Darren, during three life-threatening major illnesses that Darren endured. To share her story, Dawn wrote Armored with honesty, transparency, and humor about how she was stretched and pressed into becoming a care coach, a result of her redefining the role of caregiver to one that better suited her and her husband. Armored is a memoir, a love story, and ultimately a practical leadership guide to managing crisis on your own terms. To order your copy of Armored, go to dawnflandry.com. That's D-A-W-N-F-L-A-N-D-R-Y.com. Use promo code FORWARD, that's the number 4-W-O-R-D, to save $10 off a $40 or more purchase. Offer ends January 31st, 2021. Welcome back to Work, Love, Pray, Real Talk, Grounded in Truth. I'm Jordan Johnstone. Welcome to season three of the podcast. We are so excited to see what this year holds for the podcast and for Forward. And yes, I said excited and I'm sticking with it. After making it through 2020, I I feel like excited is probably not the first word that comes to mind when you start thinking about 2021. And you know what? That's okay. And it's completely understandable. For me, I am a very realistic person. And yes, that's a very nice way of saying I lean pessimistic. And I am certainly feeling pretty uncertain and potentially unfairly skeptical of 2021. Since I know, or at least hope, I'm not alone in feeling like that, uh, this first episode of the season and of this new year, we're going to focus on resilience because we could all use some, right? <laughs> Joining me today is Liz Forkin-Bohannon. Liz is the founder of Seiko Designs and the author of the book, Beginner's Pluck, Build Your Life of Purpose passion and impact now. In 2008, Liz moved to Uganda, where she met an incredible group of talented young women who were struggling to finance their higher education. After traveling the country by motorcycle to find raw materials and learn how to produce footwear by hand, Liz hired three young women and started Seiko Designs. Since then, Seiko has grown from three women making sandals together under a mango tree to an international fashion brand that provides employment, educational opportunities, and entrepreneurial training to hundreds of women in East Africa and across the globe. In 2020, Seiko had to pivot, uh, just like so many other companies and organizations, and that experience is something that I'm excited to have Liz unpack for us because it was a huge opportunity for her to flex resilience muscles in a time of disruption and uncertainty. So Liz, thank you so very much for being on with me today. Thank you so much for having me. Before we get started today, could you share with any listeners who may not know about Seiko, which is crazy to think about because I know Seiko and Forward has has had a pretty big, long friendship, but just kind of share with them, you know, I, I've touched on what led you to start the company, but maybe like what were your dreams for it um, and how has it been going since you guys started? Yeah, so Seiko started originally in Uganda. We were making these strappy sandals and had um, really using fashion, using this product-based business um, to solve a bigger problem, which was creating a bridge in this existing gap for really high potential young women in Uganda who came from backgrounds of extreme poverty and couldn't afford to continue on to university. And so we started about 10 years ago uh, with Mary Mercy and Rebecca, as you mentioned, and uh, some sandals. And 10 years later, we are, uh, we're an international fashion lifestyle brand. So in addition to the sandals, we have apparel and footwear and beautiful leather goods and jewelry. Um, and we work still with our uh, beloved colleagues and partners in Uganda 
Um, in addition to that, we have artists and partners all across the globe now. So in Ethiopia and in India and in Peru and in every country where we work, we work to just partner with folks to figure out what is that intersection of where the needs of women and girls kind of intersect with the possibility of um, opportunity um, that business can create both educational and economic opportunity for women and girls across the globe. And then those products are sold here in the United States through the safe Fellows. So this is a network of social entrepreneurs here in the United States that style their friends, that share the product on social media, um, and they earn an income off of that. So instead of selling through kind of traditional brick and mortar retail, we're really hoping to democratize social entrepreneurship. Um, so I, I want to give access to folks here in the United States um, entrepreneurship. And, and ultimately what I did 10 years ago in starting a company that makes an, in, an impact, um, but Seiko HQ does a lot of the hard work for them. So we do all the design and the development and the fulfillment and you know all that parts. They get to go out into their community and really market and sell the brand, share the story, style their friends, um, and earn an income. And we've got women who are really, really part-time, like, hey, I want to be a part of something that's cool and it would be really fun to, you know, earn a little bit of extra cash or get the discount on beautiful Seiko goods and I'll host, you know, a few shows a season, all the way to women who are true entrepreneurs, who are building teams and organizations and earning really significant um, full-time incomes and then everything in between. And so between our production colleagues and our sales colleagues, we've really formed what has become a pretty pretty beautiful global uh, sisterhood and community. Mm. Well, resilience seems to be a huge part of your story, which, like I said earlier, I mean, that's why we're so excited to have you on here today. And, you know, after emerging on the other side of 2020, I'm fairly confident that most of us feel, I hate to say it, but like pretty battered, pretty afraid of what might be around the next corner. I mean, how are, how are you feeling about 2021? I feel great about it. I mean, <laughs> good. I'm uh, and I, maybe this is just the nature of in order to mentally survive entrepreneurship, there is a posture of kind of relentless, wild um, optimism. And so, mm-hmm. I mean, on a personal level, I'm tired. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's catching up with me that I've been trying to run and support a family in a community <laughs> and mm-hmm. yeah. During a global pandemic, I, I will say by God's grace, this year has been, um, there's been a lot of silver linings. Our community, specifically here in the U.S., is thriving, which has really enabled us to support a thriving global community. And so while the challenges have been immense and complex, and it's required, frankly, 10 times more work than in years past, we are actually seeing positive output to that work. And that's, you know, that's a lot less exhausting on the human soul than I'm working so hard and I'm just barely staying above water, which I know a lot of, a lot of folks are. And so, um, I'm tired if I'm being honest. Also, I I am, I am hopeful about 2021. Um, I'm hopeful about, I think some of the difficult parts of this year, um, were necessary. You know, I think about what our, what our country has experienced, especially in the realm of kind of the civil rights movement that we're experiencing and has it been painful and stressful? And, uh, yes, but it's like, those are, that's good pain and it's good stress. And these are good things, um, good reckonings that I think are happening. And then, you know, of course with COVID in the midst of terrible grief and terrible loss, I do believe that we're going to come out in 2021 with things that we've, we've learned, um, 
ways of doing life and business that uh, we were forced into that I think I've realized like we're actually, wow, this is, this works and this works well. And there's opportunity here um, that we can take with us into 2021. And then of course, things that I can't wait to get back to and mm-hmm. in that in-person real life connection and travel and all of those things. Um, I, I cannot wait for, but I feel really, I feel really hopeful um, that we've got, that we've got a year um, ahead of us that, that I'm actually really looking forward to. Oh, well, good. That's refreshing. <laughs> that's a good, that's a good new little viewpoint to have on that. Um, now forward founder, Diane Patterson, she is one of your closest friends and she, I'm telling you, absolutely adores you. <laughs> so yeah. So when she saw what we had planned as the focus for today's podcast, she said, we had to have you on here. And one of the big reasons why she said that was because she said Seiko had this big pivot that you guys did when the pandemic started and you realized you had to do something bold. Um, so I, I'd love to have you just kind of talk us through like, what, what is it that happened and, and what did you guys do in response to that? Yeah, you know, we have gone through, I, I mentioned that Seiko right now today in, you know, December of 2020 is is really thriving. Um, however, I we went through the gamut of um, in March and April were the worst years or it's felt like years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> March and April were the worst two years of our lives. Yes, yes. Um, from a company standpoint, I mean, I think, the, you know, the whole country, we're in yeah. panic. We have no yeah. idea going on. We can't see one foot in front of the other. Um, and our business really, it really suffered. And we really kind of, for lack of better terminology, felt like we were looking down the barrel of just yeah. like, we, our revenue was at, a, was at a low that we couldn't, we knew we absolutely could not sustain. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, you know, just looking at not just our company here in the U.S., but like our our global community and the devastation. You know, it was so interesting to experience something right alongside, like our partners in India and our partners in Uganda and our partners in Ethiopia and Peru. And like, we've never experienced anything like that before um, where we were all, you know, I've heard it said, we're not all in the same boat, but we're all in the same storm. Mm, and just recognizing that even the worst case scenario for us here in the United States was a lot different than the worst case scenario for our brothers and sisters across the globe and a real sense of like, but we solve problems and we take care of each other through business. That's all we got. Mm-hmm. And if we can't keep this business alive and if we can't keep making and selling product, like we, we can't keep showing up for one another. And we had some real dark nights of the soul, my husband and I kind of being like, man, here's this thing. Here's this thing that we've spent 10 years building and pouring our hearts and our life and our souls and our brains and our resources into. And like, there's a really good chance it gets wiped out by yeah. a global pandemic that we just literally never in a million years could have right. seen. <laughs> um, and so in the midst of that kind of dark night of the soul, honestly, it got so bad. There was just this moment where we even had like a, a really trusted advisor that was just kind of like, guys... Uh, the end is nigh, you know, like mm-hmm. you guys need to start for the sake of your family, you know, cause my husband and I are both Seiko is, this is our thing was like, for the sake of your family, you need to start figuring out what the next, what the next thing is. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was such a low, <laughs> it was so, yeah. it was so scary that it actually kind of catapulted us into this like pretty wild sense of like, we're going to swing for the fences. Like we're not going to go out swinging. I mean, we are going to go out swinging. And so um, we really just like sat back and evaluated and tried to figure out 
what is working? Like what parts of our business work during a global pandemic? Um, And we actually realized that we had a lot of assets um, that were working in our favor, mainly in the form of our of our sales channel. You know, like we already pre-pandemic, about 80% of our revenue was coming online through online events that were happening. So instead of, you know, the um, traditional kind of trunk show model that's happening in people's living rooms, well, eight out of 10 of those were already happening online on Facebook, Mm -hmm. on Zoom calls, right? And so we're like, oh, we've been doing online gatherings and events and experiences, you know, we're experts in this by now. Um, And that our business model was enabling women here in the United States to earn an income safely from home. And that that was huge that it was like, all right, puts her babies to bed at 8 p.m. and then hops on and she's going live at 8.05 and showing off products and telling stories and answering customer questions. And uh, all of a sudden it was like, this is a huge service and need in our country right now. And we we have an asset here. Um, and so that's good. The question for us at the time was our product was just like, can we sell a $200 level leather travel handbag? Right. And no one's doing any of that, you know, right. <laughs> I had no idea. I mean, the, um, you know, the predictions for the fashion market, which largely have come true kind of depending on what submarket you're in and what channel you're in were very, very, very grim. And so we really had to be willing to look at what we had to offer and say, does this, is this serving her, her core need right now? And we thought the answer was probably not. Um, and our willingness to entertain that and to say like, is there something else that we can serve her during this time that will, fulfill our mission of using business to create community and opportunity for folks across the world, but that might meet her in this current state a little bit more relevantly. And long story, I was going to say long story short, probably long story medium long. um, (laughs) We ended up launching Together Coffee. It is a specialty, small batch roasted, fair trade coffee brand. We get to source it from a lot of the countries that we were already working in. So there's a Mm. lot of continuity with our impact. Um, There's a lot of continuity even with the brand experience of kind of a higher end, beautiful, fairly made specialty experience that um, instead of delivering in the form of a beautiful handbag or a, you know, beautiful new apparel item, we were doing that kind of in the food and beverage space and and serving Mm -hmm. that little luxury to her every single morning. Um, And in about a month, I mean, four weeks, we concepted it, we found partners, we branded it, we financed it. I mean, we like, we did in four weeks what it would have taken us 18 months probably to do wow. in normal life because that was that was the option that we had. I mean, we were pulling, literally, I felt like I was in college again, pulling all-nighters over at one of my <laughs> best friend neighbor's house who she used to be a designer at Adidas, like, you know, at three o'clock in the morning working on a logo and branding. <laughs> wow. And I felt, you know, I felt like I was back in college again during like finals week. I mean, we pulled it together and, um, and it's been incredible. Uh, what we also did realize probably, you know, about three months into the pandemic, once things really started to settle down, we did realize that women are still buying fashion and that, um, buying fashion and that looking and feeling good and treating yourself to those kind of luxuries, um, is still really applicable. And of course there's been shifts in the market and in trends. Um, but fashion is still very much so our core business, but coffee enabled 
us to really get through that season. And it's been this amazing blessing because it's opened up our sales market to a totally new market and demographic. It's opened up our impact in really cool ways. And so it's neat to see in hindsight how, you know, we, we really felt like our, you know, our uh, hands were a little bit forced into something that ended up being, I think, just a part of who we were meant to be all along. Are you feeling a little unsure of where to go with your career in the new year? If you are, we promise you, you're not alone. And we have a great place for you to go for help, a forward mentor. The forward mentor program is a 10 week program that is entirely virtual. And you are paired with a hand selected mentor who will walk alongside you as you navigate your professional, personal, and spiritual goals. Now more than ever, it's important for you to have clarity and direction on where you want to go. And a forward mentor is the perfect help for finding that. To sign up, just visit forwardwomen.org. That's the number four, W-O-R-D-W-O-M-E-N.org slash mentor program. The deadline to sign up is Friday, January 8th. Hmm. Well, you know, for someone who is starting this new year, you know, I'd say in a really vulnerable place, I mean, I know you, you sound very optimistic, which like I said, is super refreshing, but you know, for those who maybe just can't get to that point yet. Um, you know, and they're, they're almost afraid to, to dream, to plan. What would you say to them, you know, to get them a little bit more in your optimistic side of things with 2021? I think I would say, listen, when you think about the future, either way, you're making stuff up. Right. Um, none of us have a crystal ball. None of us know what challenges are going to be in front of us. I think we believe this false narrative that we can protect ourselves from hurt and grief and disappointment. Um, And we, you know, we quote unquote guard our hearts by being pessimistic and by setting our expectations low because there's this belief that if I don't let myself hope, if I don't set goals, if I don't have expectations, then I can't be disappointed. Um, And I I believe that that is a lie. Um, At the end of the day, We've, we're, we're believing in this narrative and this lie that to hope and then face disappointment is greater damage to our human spirit than to never, to not hope at all and to mm-hmm. stay in a place of pessimism and despair and um, cynicism. And that doesn't protect us. That actually damages us. And if over time we stay in that place and we lose you know, our muscles for hope and for optimism and for silver linings do start to atrophy. And let me say very clearly, I am not one to shy away from hard conversations. I am not one to call a spade a spade. And, um, you know, I literally just on my Instagram today was talking about my reflections on how I believe that actually true joy and true sorrow, they're neighbors. They're not actually as, they're not opposite ends of the spectrum. Those are two emotions that require a lot of depth and a lot of connection and a lot of vulnerability to feel both of those things. And if you live your life trying to keep yourself from experiencing the depth of negative emotions, you are, you are going to, to preclude yourself from the feeling the depths of those positive emotions as well. And that, you know, the human heart can only feel joy to the extent and depth that it's also willing to experience grief and sorrow and disappointment. Um, And I, for one, want to choose the latter. I want to feel all of the things. Uh, I want to hope. I want to be disappointed. You know, there's a gift in disappointment. Like when you realize, like, I gave myself, I had the courage to go for that thing. Hmm. I had the courage to hope. I wanted something bad enough that it hurt really Hmm. 
deeply when I didn't get it. And instead of saying like, oh, that feels bad. I want to protect myself from feeling that again. So I'm just, I'm not going to put myself out there again. Going like, oh my gosh, what a gift. Even in the disappointment, what a gift that you felt so deeply, that you Mm -hmm. so big, that you, you know, that you let yourself go there, that you put yourself out there. Um, and, and I, for one, it's like, either way, we're making it up. You know, we're, we are, we don't know what's coming at us. We do to some degree get to write that story. Um, and so I would say, go for it. I'm not saying you're not going to feel pain, but it's a different, and I would say in the long run, more enriching and fulfilling type of pain when you dare to hope. What are you hopeful for in 2021? Well, I'm hopeful for, I think, <laughs> I think some uh, normalcy in this yeah. of, uh, <laughs> not. I'm really looking forward to not having to make like a thousand decisions when I am only used to making like a hundred in a day, mm-hmm. um, just because of the complexity of the current situation. Um, mm-hmm. I'm, I feel really hopeful about our um, national movement towards equality and dignity and um, diversity. I think that we learned a lot um, about the realities that people of color in America face and kind of the horrors and the systemic reach of racism. And I think it has become um, a national, more accepted conversation than it has been in our country's history. Um, and I, I don't think I'm ignorant about that we have a long way to go and that there is still a lot of opposition and a lot of ignorance and a lot of um, selfishness and fear in that conversation. But I think I, I feel hopeful um, that, it, that what we've experienced as a country and what we've been learning and listening to isn't in, you know, isn't in vain. Um, we're pregnant with our third kid. So I'm really hopeful and excited about getting to grow our family. Oh, congrats. In another little bundle into our lives. So that feels really like a huge blessing and a, a big 2020 silver, silver lining. Oh yeah, for sure. Congratulations. That's so exciting. Now, something that we're doing differently this year with the podcast is, well, and actually just the editorial calendar in general, uh, we as a team, we've claimed the word redefine <laughs> and we're, we're unofficially calling it forwards word for 2021. Love so, it. So yeah. So something I, I'd love to hear from you. And, and as we go on this year, this is something I'll ask everybody on the podcast. Is there something that you're having to redefine this year? And if so, have you figured out yet what you're going to do or, or what that will look like? Um, this coming year, I'm not sure. I mean, a lot of redefining happened in 2020. Work, yeah. work was completely redefined for me. The way we work, how we work, the tools that we use. I'm, I am currently sitting in my desk, office, podcast studio, which happens to be about 18 inches from my bed, um, <laughs> up here in my bedroom. My husband is downstairs in, you know, in our office. Our whole team has been working remote for the whole year. Yeah. So the way we work has been completely redefined. Yeah. Um, and I think going into 2021, then the question will be, probably version two of the redefine. We're not going to go back to how it was before. Mm -hmm. We've we've hired more remote employees. We have the systems and tools in place to be a more flexible, more global um, workforce. And there's a lot of value in that. We're not going to stay where we are today. Um, You know, it's too much. It's too far in that direction. And so I think we'll be redefining like our process, our rhythm, 
for, for work, for when we're together, for when we need to be together. And there's like a lot of value in that. And when, and when we can be working remotely or working from home. So it'll be kind of version two, I think of that rework. That's a bit more of, um, a happy, a happy medium and probably more sustainable. Well, before we go, is there anything that you'd want to leave our listeners with? I think I would, yeah, I think just encourage you to hope and know that um, as you experience excitement and fulfillment and also disappointment and, and grief that you're not alone, that that means you're a human doing the hard and beautiful and wonderful work of um, becoming more of who you were created to be. So keep going. I'm so glad you joined us for this conversation about resilience and knowing when it's time to pivot and step out in faith. To access resources and links for today's episode, just go to forwardwomen.org slash Liz. That's the number four, W-O-R-D-W-O-M-E-N.org slash L-I-Z. If you enjoyed today's episode, please be sure to subscribe to Work, Love, Pray on your favorite listening platform and leave a review to let us know what you think of the podcast. Your feedback is appreciated greatly and we'll continue for and we'll continue to help forward host conversations you're interested in listening to. As you move forward on your journey to work, love, and pray well, don't forget to make time for real talk grounded in truth. <laughs>